0: Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of the Two Indie Authors podcast with me,
1: David B. Lines, And me, Robert Enright. And on today's show, David and I are going to take a deep dive into confidence. Uh, It's a topic that the Two Indie Authors Mm. are often met with when we speak to other authors, and we have felt a need to address it for quite some time. So today is the day we will discuss how you can improve your self-belief as not just a writer, but as a writer who sells books. After that main talking point, we will be answering a mailbag question sent in by one of you lovely listeners about coming up with character names. And that's all before best-selling supernatural suspense author A.D. Starling joins us on the show to face our seven questions. However, we will begin the show, Mm -hmm. as we always do, by discussing the week that was, giving you listeners a lowdown on how David and I are handling our full-time author businesses. So, David, how have the last seven days been for you?
0: Very good. Thank you very much. Well,
1: I'm in that
0: um, space, Rob, where I have a book coming out next week. Mm. So, it's you know, everything's been uploaded and signed off. And I've just been teasing out through my social media and my newsletter, uh, so it's it's just readying for lunch, uh-huh. I guess is is where I've been over the past week or two, um, and it's, I guess that's a fun sort of period of the process. Uh, it's quite creative because you're coming up with uh, marketing images and teases for the um the book. I put out a nice tease of a. a Damning bizarre statistics oh, I that I this. came across that based the book on. Yeah, it's quite weird. Um, very scary statistic about how many children go missing throughout the continent of, of Europe, uh, each and every year or month and day, as I broke it down to. So, um, yeah, it's putting out things like that, getting people interested, and I mean, I don't really know. It, it's 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 strange. This because Beth, whatever happened to Betsy Blake is the first book in this series. Mm-hmm. That sold a hundred. That sold over one hundred and twenty-two thousand copies, but my follow-up, whatever happened next, it still hasn't sold ten thousand copies yet. Mm-hmm. Now it's a novella, so I can understand people perhaps um, turning away from that, and um, they, they would like a big fat novel in their hands. Absolutely fair enough, but it's not that really. It's I haven't quite found that large audience that really bought into Betsy yet because. Facebook, you know, you're not just allowed. They don't allow you to just reach your audience. You have to pay to sort of reach that audience, and it's actually quite complicated now. This whole boosting posts because I believe it doesn't go
1: to the followers. No, um, I have a question so for you, David. It's yeah, it's it's, it's a strange one. If yeah I, if I may, do you think? And I know we're, we're going mm-hmm. off piste here because this is just our week that was, but just um, do you think yeah that um the I wouldn't say the struggle, the challenge you're finding in um, getting people to pick up the second book the follow-up whatever happened next do you yeah. think that might be because you didn't originally write the book the first one with the intention of a series and i mean it's like a four-year yeah. gap was it or something like that between between the two so yeah
0: yeah it was nearly five years between uh launching the first one and launching the follow-up so the the, the mass audience which is it kind of went global as well. Uh-huh. That sold it, it was number one in Canada. It went really well in Australia, America, and the UK and Ireland. Um, and and I'm, I've been, I mean, I haven't put an awful lot of effort into chasing that audience and finding out where these 122,000 people are. And come on, there's a sequel. Yeah. Come on, get with it. Um, I've really just continued selling Betsy Blake because my ads on that work. And I'm just allowing the read through a bit like how you do, you know, we advertise the book one and the read through comes through. So I I need to put more effort into trying to find out where these hundred plus thousand people are, Betsy Blake, and letting them know that there's a sequel out there. Yes, it's five years later, but it's here. Um, But really, I've just been relying on read through rather than going through um, trying to reach that Facebook following or, you know, I'm really bad with lookalike ads and, and that type of thing. Um, I'm really just always setting up fresh Facebook ads with fresh images. So I, I need to, it, it's a bit silly of me to not uh, go with custom audiences or lookalike audiences through my Facebook ads. It's something I need to do. And I think I will find a lot of that 100,000 plus um readership based if I go through that process. And um, so I just, I need to concentrate on it really. Okay. I haven't done so much. And um, it, it's not that I'm, afraid to do it or putting it off i just feel when there's three or four or maybe even five of the novel novellas out which will probably be early next year well then it might be the time to capitalize rather than yeah keeping people waiting every three or four months for a new novella so it's not like i'm starving myself of it i'm just consciously putting it off for a little bit and i'm waiting till there's maybe four novellas out and then i'll really start to hunt down that audience that originally read uh, Betsy. So, yeah, I'm just planning. I've been planning really for the launch of, which is now book three. It's called Whatever Happened to Sophie Lusso. Mm-hmm. And um, it comes out next Thursday as we're recording this. And what oh, I've been working on this week, A um, I have a big meeting in London again with this um writer, producer, who I met about the Alex Ferguson thing last month. And so I have another meeting with him. Um, but I'm also writing another TV treatment to bring to him at that meeting. I really want him to go. Oh, this guy's good. I,
1: um, I need the to get him TV involved show.
0: somehow. Yes, that's, that's yes. Actually, spoiler—it's <laughs> a t- spoiler alert. Um, they're getting they're getting George Clooney to play me. Yeah. That's that's what Jack I heard. Black they're gonna to shave his head. Me. We'll a bit. Jack Black's playing you. Yeah, I think they're good. That's good casting. Um, but actually, funny enough, it is a TV show about a TV show. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been working on that over the past week as I have um, relinquished sort of the pressure of writing the novella. Mm-hmm. So, that's all done. It's just um, putting the finishing touches to getting it launched and then um, writing this new creative ahead of this meeting in September. So that was a bit of a, a long air talk through what I've been doing over the past seven days. What have you been doing, buddy? I yeah,
1: don't think it was too long. I think it's I always appreciate, um, I think our listeners will probably appreciate our thought processes when it comes to how we market or how we deal with challenges like you've got with uh, your novella. Uh, my week's been yeah. okay. Um, I know I'm usually quite a positive thing, uh, a positive energy on this podcast, yeah. but. Um yeah I don't know I had a mm-hmm. I had a bit of a bad day yesterday and I think it's because and this is a complete first world problem and I get that um my I'm currently having my garage converted into my office which is kind of like a nice big milestone yeah. for me but because of that and just mm-hmm. logistically it threw my routine off in the morning yes. and as you know I'm quite a strict you know I get up I go gym I do this and then I get my head in the game Very disciplined, yeah. and I was thrown off it Uh, To the point where it's like got to like midday and I was like, I haven't done anything here. Um, And then I gave myself a hard time because that's just how I'm wired. So in the end, I just binned it off. I did some plotting. I did some good planning. But, you know, that was that. But um, So I'm planning on having a very productive day today. But, you know, so I've done a bit of writing. I'm still on track with my Jack Townsend book that's going quite well couple of other little things. I've got my next Sam Pope cover done. It looks really good. I shared it with my readers. I mean, I don't even plan to release that till January. Um, But I'm tempted to stick out for pre-order soon because The Fighter, which was book 12, has done really well. Um, So I think I could probably already start securing, I'd I'd say relatively quickly, a similar pre-order to what I had for The Fighter. And then I'd have months of sending other people to the series to then build that up and up and up. So I'm probably going to get on with that over the next uh, few days. And lastly, Great. I'm still in discussion with a company called Advily. I think I mentioned them. They did talk about their Facebook ads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going to read it out on here because I actually don't think it's fair to them. Um, but they basically sent me, because I, I, I didn't just blindly go, sign me up. I just went in, I, I asked them loads of, I think quite, um investigative questions about what is it you actually do. And so they sent me a very yeah. the owner of the business came back to me with a very long basically their whole business plan on how they work with Amazon ads. And it's it was really interesting. Oh, right. Really interesting. Um, and then obviously the reason Great. I'm not saying that is because obviously this is their business plan. Um so be rude to me to but also includes yeah. they actually did include some of the people that they've worked with. Um, so they're not. They said, "You know, don't share that." So it's looking likely I might go with them. I think I'm in a good position bookwise and Great. financially. According to them, bookwise, I'm definitely in a good position to go with them. So um, I'll keep you posted on that as it goes on. Two in the other. Our talking point this week, David, is something that comes up a lot in the um, Facebook group, which we said, which is about confidence as an author. Um, and I know we've touched mm-hmm. upon this subject uh, a couple of months ago now. When your lovely wife Kerry, uh, who's a creative coach, she joined us, um, yeah, and she had some incredible tips about finding like the confidence and in your inner creativity. So I highly recommend our. Listeners, if they haven't listened to that episode, go back and find that. It's all about creativity with Kerry Lyons, and she's incredible to follow yeah. on Instagram as well. But I think what we wanted to do this week is we've got six tips. So we bring bringing three tips each to the table about things that you and I do, or things that you and I live by that have helped increase our confidence as uh, writers as authors, but then also, and I think importantly, we said it at the beginning of the show, authors who sell books. So we're not just writing privately in yeah. our spare time and no one knows about it. We're writing books, we're telling the world we write books and we're selling books to people saying to them, my book's good enough for you to spend money on. So, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things in that around like, you know, imposter syndrome, things like that. So I figured three tips each. We've done a couple of episodes like this. Um, before you go in and mm-hmm. give your first tip, what are your thoughts on the subject, just as a whole, like the confidence in yeah. the indie author community?
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You you you, have, you introduced this by saying it's popped up a couple of times on our Facebook group. It has. And uh, it's always an intriguing um, discussion point because uh, you, you, Rob, you like to liaise with authors uh, quite often. You'll reach out to them mm-hmm. and have conversations. I do that myself. Um, perhaps not as often as you, but I do do it. And it's uh, amazing um, how often the word confidence mm-hmm. is brought up in conversation when when you're discussing um, creative processes with different creative people. Mm-hmm. So um, some people just are, you know, if, if we use the spectrum again, some people are just so low on that spectrum when it comes to confidence and others are quite high. And what we're going to do today over the next 25 minutes or so is sort of find a balance for our listeners where they can have the belief in the work that they're producing mm-hmm. and even around the language that they use about their books if we can just change that in some author's minds i think this could be a very uh, productive
1: yeah absolutely uh,
0: 25 minutes or a very productive main talking point for our listeners
1: yeah i think so um and i think we should kick things off with your first one um because i think the first Tip you've got of our six tips is is I think one of the most it was one of the ones I was going to bring until I saw that you were bringing it to the table. <laughs> right, I got in there yeah. first, didn't I? Killed,
0: <laughs> cool. yeah. But let me explain it. So, tip number one. So, Rob and I are going to give you six tips on how we try to remain confident uh, in in our in the auto careers. And tip number one is nobody was born to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a psychology that we we all need to sort of understand. So this idea of, oh, well, he's Stephen King or, well, she's J.K. Rowling. And is it that they have a divine right to be selling the millions of books that they do? So writing books is not for, oh, it's for those people. Mm -hmm. So you need to get that out of your head. It's not for other people to do. If you want to write books, you are absolutely as entitled as Stephen King or Joe Rowling to write books. Yes. I'm not saying you're going to sell 10 million books like they do, but it, this is not a career choice um, for other people. Nope. So I, I, I really want all of our listeners to allow that to soak into their mindsets. It's This is not something that other people were born to do. It's a creative art form. So you can do it too. Um, and you're in, as entitled to do it as anybody else yep. so lose the ridiculous notion that writing novels is a job for a sacred squad of people mm-hmm. who a squad that you do not belong to you are absolutely as entitled as anybody else to write a novel
1: i think that is like i said that was one i wanted to bring to the table because the uh, yeah. best way of looking at it the way i've always looked at it is at some point in time so lee child right is the the banner for you know, the, the, he is the top of my genre by far, bar none. Yeah. At some point in time, mm-hmm. he sat down to write his first book. Yeah. At some point in time, point. he yeah. was doing something else before that. So if you're not doing it now, yeah. that's how I always saw it. it. Was okay. At some point, he didn't write books, and then he decided to write books, and look what happened. So you're completely right there. It's yeah. not, you know, there there are no barriers. To you sitting and writing a book and i think that is something people should know if they're ever sitting there thinking oh should i write a book or oh i don't know if i'm good enough it doesn't matter you're allowed to do it so um yeah i think a really good one to start with um a tip i want to bring is one i have banged again and again and again a drum i've banged on this podcast david um i think i've even stuck it up as a social media post but um, this one will okay. massively help your confidence, and it was a game changer for me. And that is don't compare yourself to other authors. I ah, cannot stress this yeah. one enough. Um, yes, It doesn't matter how many books someone else is writing. It doesn't matter how many sales someone else is making. Do you know what I mean, the focus is completely on you. So I will use Absolutely. you and me as an example here, David, because mm-hmm. uh, we, w- you and I, know each other pretty well now. We know the ins and outs of our own businesses, all that stuff. I have not got one book that has sold anywhere near one hundred twenty thousand copies of books, right? None yeah. of my sample in in total, yes. I, the first sampoke book, no, because my business is hinging on the read through. We've already been through that, but. The reason yeah. I to say this is we don't compare ourselves to other authors is David and I both do this full time. So we both make a, a, a comfortable yeah. living off of writing books. You know, it's the dream, what we wanted to do. But I don't have books that sell as many as, you know, a hit that David has. But then at the same time, David, I hope you don't mind me saying this. You haven't written anywhere near as much as I've written over the last year. Like in regards yes. to the amount of output Absolutely. of books. But it doesn't matter. Yeah, Because you have your way of doing it and you focus on you. You focus on your new series. You're focusing on Alex, the screenplay and doing all that. And I'm focusing on my stuff. But we're both, at the end of the day, having almost like the same result of being able to do this full time, which is why it doesn't matter what David's doing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing because we just focus on what we're doing ourselves. And we've both managed to get to the same end point.
0: Yeah you you are you are literally um a great um case in point for not comparing yourselves to other authors cuz um three or four years ago when we you first reached mm-hmm. out to me um it, it, there, there was no sort of um there was absolutely no comparison you had you weren't suffering from com- comparison ideas. you weren't going oh this guy sold hundreds of thousands of books oh I'm never going to get there. You actually saw me. I went, oh, this guy has sold Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of books. How can I get there? So it's a totally different um, psychology. Um, The the comparison it is it's you had the confidence in yourself to go, I'm going to do what he's done. Not I'm going to use what he has done as um, building a, a huge mountain that I will never be able to climb. So yeah, comparing yourself to other authors is really a fruitless task. And and w- when Rob and I talk about this and we do often, and as Rob has named about it as well, we don't just mean in terms of style of writing or in terms of sales or in terms of, oh, how does he or she use their social media or uh-huh. oh, their newsletter is so good. It really, these are all decisions for you to make for yourself about your business be inspired by the likes of Rob and I and, and others. Who are are doing quite well in this game, but really comparing yourself to other authors is so fruitless. It
1: is, it is completely, and like it doesn't mean don't don't take inspiration from other people. Do you know I mean I've, I've mm-hmm. comment on here? I've seen lots of ads or similar Facebook posts to things that I put out, and I see other people doing it, but that's great because they can see that it's working but you can definitely take advice yeah. from people or guidance from people. Yeah. I've, I've had that from Mel J Ross, which is incredible. Um, I had it from you, David. I remember, like yes. you say, you're going back to when we first kind of got in contact a few years ago and you were looking at my um, Sam Pope book. There's probably a couple of in there at the time. And I remember you just said to me, you need to get some fucking reviews. And I think you said it in that exact way yeah. because I didn't have reviews. And now- <laughs> That me, sounds like but me, but all right. That was the case. You had so many reviews and you had all the social proof. I had no social proof. But that wasn't me copying you. That was just me taking, you know, I wasn't comparing myself to you. That was just you saying, well, that would probably be somewhere to focus on. So I just think, you know, by all means, take inspiration from people that, I don't know, you either respect or you can see doing well, but don't ever think, oh, they're doing that and I'm not. That makes me a failure because it's not the case. It doesn't matter. As long as you just focus on yourself, I think is the only way to kind of get to the point you want to get to. Yeah, it's a great point and not
0: just in novel writing, but comparisonitis in any sector of any industry is is so redundant or it should be redundant. And yet we know so many people who do it. So, yeah, my wife, as Rob alluded to, is a, a creative coach. She, When she's working with clients, um, so creatives, it could be artists or musicians or actors or anything, will work with Kerry one-on-one. And one of the very first exercises that she will go through with them is ridding them of comparisonitis. So an actor, an upcoming actor, should not be comparing himself to fucking Ryan Reynolds. Do you know what I mean? She, she just tries to dilute that within everybody's mindset, and then they can be their own individual self and then take their career forward. So it's a great, great tip from Robert. Comparisonitis is not your friend and you really need um, to rid that from your mindset. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you tip number three, Rob. Right for it. Now this is a bug bugbear bug bear of mine, okay? <clears throat> I really want you to use, listener, I really want you to use positive language about your writing and about your writing processes. Now, that sounds a bit snuffy, I think, of oh, use positive language. Dave's been smoking weed and doing yoga this morning. I haven't. Lies. Um, lies. This is actually, <laughs> lies. No, yeah, that was a lie. I have. Um, but yeah, using positive language is key because the big bugbear for me is an author will say, oh, David, can I pick your brains? And I might do a, a phone call with an author um, every now and then if, if they're nice enough and they approach me in the right way. But if I'm on that phone call and they're in a, in a negative mindset and they're using negative language, oh, I don't know whether my writing's that good or, oh, I just can't sell books. Oh, I just don't want to put myself out there. I don't want to be on that phone call. No. And I don't want to be hearing about, I don't want to be hearing negative language. Um, So don't speak negatively about your writing or indeed the writing process itself or even the process of trying to sell your books there's nothing worse than hearing authors complain about the work or their lack of belief in themselves or their lack of confidence and if you are putting that negativity out there you're going oh if that's your sort of energy about your writing well then that's what you're going to get back in return you're just no one who's going to be speaking if if you believe that you're not good enough nobody else is going to believe you're not good enough and i know this is a bit like telling somebody Who's depressed? Oh, just smile. Um, ah. So I don't want to be that. Um, I don't. I don't want to be that short or that ignorant to um, people's lack of confidence. But what I'm asking you for to try and rid yourself of the lack of confidence when you're speaking about what you do, use positive language and use positive energy and not negative language or negative energy. So. Um, uh, stop it just stop it so if i get to write books how lucky am i okay that's the sort of positive language or thought process i want you to go through if i could go back in time and tell my 11 year old self that i am now writing novels as a 30 year old or whatever you are or 50 year old how proud would that 11 year old be of you okay so so have a think about that think about the positives of it say to yourself i write books i create new characters and new storylines every day be positive when you talk about your work don't just mention how hard the writing is talk about how enjoyable it is and how ambitious you are as a writer so if you change your language when you're talking to other authors or potential readers well then you're also going to change your mindset so don't be this negative nelly be a positive, Pete.
1: Yes, I I love that. And one of the things I love most about it, David is very rarely do we see you get flustered by by a talking point to the point where you're starting to get yes. annoyed. But I agree with you, um, especially on the the whole. Oh, it's, Oh, it's like you know, there's there are always challenges and issues to every business, not just being yeah. an indie author. Every single business. And one of my biggest bugbears, mm-hmm. especially when I worked in like corporate environment was, you know, shit goes wrong and someone comes over and goes, Oh, this isn't working. And you go, Okay, what are you doing about it? And they go, I don't know. And you're like, well, don't come to me then. Don't complain about it. Like you haven't even got a solution. If you if you can't find a solution, then it's a real problem. But that type of stuff. And I remember like when it comes to the language that you're talking about, and this is a good one for the mindset, is I hate seeing someone going, Oh my God, I can't believe someone bought my book. Or I can't believe someone has and you know you yeah. have to go through but this there's negative but language like, genre, like, yeah. oh my god i can't believe someone i don't know has bought my book and given it a five-star review change that shit up and change that to i can't believe yeah. more people aren't buying this book i can't believe more i think yes, that now exactly I've, I've sold hundreds of thousands of books now i've got thousands of reviews on sam pope and in my head i'm thinking like i can't believe i can't believe i haven't done that in america yet I can't believe I haven't sold a million yeah. yet. I can't believe I haven't got 20,000 reviews go. yet. This is how my mindset works. And now it might seem a bit like, okay, well, yeah. that's okay for you because you, you've you got the books or whatever there. But that is literally, I had that same mindset when I had two books and 10 yeah. reviews. I can't believe I haven't got five books and 100 reviews. I have not believe I got 10 books and 20,000 reviews. Like That is the mindset because it's the positive language, yeah. like you said, will exactly. change your mindset um so i think that's a it really really will. important one this is probably the most obvious one uh my next tip are to improve your okay. confidence as a writer and that is write every day uh, in brackets where mm-hmm. possible um, so <laughs> yes the thing is is confidence will come from um kind of like how good you are at something so i'm not going to use uh writing as an example i'm going to actually use the gym as an example at the moment because that's something that's quite prominent in in my world so i think i i joined the gym for the first time about five years back in december and i joined like a local leisure center gym very safe very you know what i mean most of the people who are there are only there because they think they should go to the gym or they just stand on a treadmill for 20 minutes but I went and I took yeah. it actually quite seriously and I've done quite well uh, to the point where because I went so regularly, I'm now confident enough. I've actually rejoined. I've joined a different gym, which is like kind of like a specialist gym full of like MMA fighters and stuff like that. Not because I want to get into that. Right. But because I in myself, I have the confidence that I could go into a place where there are people who you know do this a lot and i won't embarrass myself which i think is a lot of people's you know fear and intimidation about going to a gym anyway is that oh people will look at me and think i don't know what i'm doing i have the confidence now to walk in there and i know what i'm doing because i've been going pretty much every day and it's just funny when it comes to your yeah. writing because if you write i don't know once a month you're not going to feel like oh this is good yeah you know, you're not going to feel like oh i can share this with people but when you write every day you get better and better because you are training that writing muscle you're doing it regularly you are getting better at dialogue you're getting better at prose you're getting better at plotting because you're doing it every single day and it's at the forefront of your mind so i've actually got a proofreader who joined my book series later on about book nine um and he just picks up loads of grammatical my 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 grammar is terrible by the way um i don't care because i have editors i have proofreaders but yeah. i've said to him could you go back and look at the other books and he went back and did the first book so bear in mind he joined a book nine he's just recently done book 12. he went back and read book one and he said yeah, okay here's a list of mistakes the difference in your writing from book one to book 12. So that's a five-year period. He goes, just in the confidence of your yeah. dialogue, the pacing of your action scenes, the twists, the plotting, he goes, like, how intricate he goes. Like, your first book, he goes, he really, really enjoyed the first book. I'm not going to do myself a disservice here. He said that, you know, some bits of it are a little bit clunky because right, it's, yeah. it's quite action-tropy. Whereas the last book, he goes, was really mm-hmm. fluid and had, like, it just it flowed so much better. But that's just because I've been writing every day for quite a long time now. Um, So if you want to get better and feel better about being a writer who can sell books, then you need to start writing every day where possible. Yeah, you made a perfect
0: analogy when you you, uh, introduced that tip. It is like going to the gym because the brain is a muscle. So if you're flexing it and working it out every day, and what you'll be doing if you're writing is you, you you'll be flexing that sort of right side of the brain every day, the creative part of it. So it's 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 literally like working that bicep out every day. If you work that bicep out every day, it's going to improve. Same with your brain. It's the
1: same thing, but you know, to use that analogy. Things like technique, you know, um, strength, that type of stuff, they're all different things. They only improve as you do it. So yep. that's why you're writing. Different elements of your writing will improve because you just get better at it. Yeah and you see better results.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm the same as you. My my, my latest books the, the prose is just so much crisper mm-hmm. um than it was in my early books, but then yeah I, I, the the more we do this, the better we get at it. So yeah, writing every day um is definitely a good tip um for confidence because you will see your improvement um from day 1 compared to, to day 100. So um tip number five, Rob, to improve your confidence. This may seem a little obvious, but it is an exercise that I swear if you do it, it really does um help you. And that is to read your five star um. reviews and read the positive um feedback you have had. It may even be from Readers who send you Facebook messages or your editors or your proofreaders just those few lines where they go, oh, my God, David, you blew me away with Absolutely. this. And then I'll read through my five star reviews and really sort of start to um, let the drips of each of those reviews and those superlatives that are used to describe my books sort of feed into my brain and feed into my mindset and go, yes, OK, I need to forget about that fucking one star yeah. review that's niggling at the back of my head and has been since it dropped 10 days ago and realized that 90% of the reviews I've had or 90% of the feedback is really four or five star yeah. um, feedback. And it's all largely positive and most people want me to be good and they wish me well in this career. So if you're having those down days and, and by the way, Rob and I can have, can listen to these tips as well. We're, we're not saying we're, full of confidence and this is how we're full of confidence I mean there are days where Kerry will say to me read through your reviews because she knows I'm a bit down or I'm not quite with it and my confidence isn't as high as it can be so I will I'll go off and go oh yeah people really liked this book didn't they oh yeah 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 that's a good review Mm -hmm. that's a good review and it's drip drip just dripping positive um, adrenaline into my brain and and giving me that um, belief and the assurance that, you know, I am good enough to do what I do. Yeah, it's it's
1: it's a key part. People, um, I don't know, people have this weird thing. I think it's, it might be even more of a British thing of just being this whole that yeah. humble or like being embarrassed almost by praise. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand yeah, the, humility. Embar- you know, the humility. Yeah, the humility. I don't understand the embarrassment from praise. It should be something you should, you know, people, people get embarrassed by praise, but they like seek, like um, validation and stuff like that, and like it's really strange to me. I guess I don't know. Maybe I've got a really strange brain, but I just I, I just think it's they're they're so juxtaposed that they shouldn't it, it shouldn't be. But what you say is yeah. where? They jar when each other. When you can see, yeah, you know, like I said, yeah, I said earlier, I had a bit of a shit day yesterday, and then I actually got a thing that turned it around yeah. um, on a Facebook ad that 34 weeks ago, someone put a message on one of my Facebook ads saying these look good, might try these. So I just responded back to that saying, I really hope you do. I think they're great. And then in brackets, I'm quite biased, like with a smiley face. 34 <laughs> weeks later, and it arrived yesterday, just when I needed it, she messaged me saying, just starting book 12, I'm in love with Sam. So like that's great. You know, yes. It shows the impact your writing can have on these people you don't know. And that, yeah, you know, when you can read yeah. it, and it's saying stuff like, unbelievable, best twist I've ever read, or this book made me cry, or all this stuff like that's that's your work affecting people you don't know and that is that can really boost your confidence yeah they're big drops of that positive adrenaline
0: dropping into the brain um and and really work i'm just going to reflect here rob before you go into Mm. um tip number six so we've already given you five one nobody was born to Uh do this forget about that stephen king was not born to be the number one writer in the world He worked at it. He believed in himself. Two, don't compare yourself to other authors. It's a redundant practice. Three, use positive language when you are speaking about your career and your writing ambitions. Don't be negative because that will rub off and um, you're really not going to get the support and help you need if you're coming at everything from a negative point of view. A great tip then from Robert was to write every day and flex that creative muscle every day. Um tip five then is if you're feeling down about it, read all of the glowing stuff people have said about you and emails you about uh, your books or left reviews. It's a really
1: good pickup. Yeah. Now, tip six, Robert. What's tip that? Tip six is gonna be one that people are gonna probably go, Oh what? But I need confidence to do that. But the best way to build your confidence <laughs> is to step outside your comfort zone. Um So um i can't remember my my wife works worked at a place she's in a new job now she's in a place before and she she worked extensively on like international women's day and um i saw some of the material she works on and i saw the phrase your biggest strides um come from stepping out of your comfort zone and i think i shared that on on our social media Um, because it's true, your biggest strides will come from stepping outside of your comfort zone. But the thing is, people don't want to step outside of their comfort zone because it's uncomfortable. So people don't make the biggest strides that they can make forward. Um, so what I would ask people to do, right, if you are not even promoting Mm -hmm. your work because of this humility, because you're, you think it's not good enough, whatever, just start doing it. Start promoting it. Like David said, use positive language and start promoting it with the respect it deserves. Because if you don't respect it, people aren't going to respect it. So what David said, if you talk about it negatively, you're just going to get negativity back. If you don't like posting pictures or videos to your readers, start doing it. Because I used to only I, – I post yes. pretty much every day on Facebook, just usually like a message to my readers. And then I post up, you know, p- images of book covers of how it's doing on Amazon, this stuff. Joe, I you know got my – in the last week, I la- last month, I launched a book. I pr- launched a new series basically on pre-order and I shared the newest cover of my big selling series. And the two posts that have got the most yeah. likes are a picture of me signing books. Which I sent out saying love signing books for my readers and a picture of me having a beer, yeah. cheersing my readers for the yeah. launch. So actually the stuff that gets the most interaction from people is the personable stuff of me. And I don't really like posting pictures of myself online. But that works.
0: Yeah. I'm the same. Well um, they do work. So yeah.
1: you kind of have to leave that hum. And if I was to post pictures of me going, mm, can't believe I've done a book and I'm holding it up meekly, it's probably not going to get much apart from a few people saying, Well done. I put a picture of me holding up a beer with yeah. a smile on my face saying, cheers, guys, best launch ever. Speaking with a bit of confidence and a bit of drive, people are going, good man, well done you, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Positive language. And this is, yeah. you know, this is bringing it all together. And I'd say the biggest one is, David, is before you and I did this podcast, I'd never done a podcast before. I'd never put myself mm-hmm. out on the internet on video before. Um, and now we've been doing this for a year. I've been on other podcasts um we've had loads of guests on some big names like people that I've I've used to like you know people I do revere in the indie author community we've spoke to them we've had good chats with yeah. them and now I post videos out to my readers and things like that because we stepped out of our comfort zone to do it and it's the only way you will improve yeah. so as authors whatever stage you're at whatever thing you think makes you uncomfortable that you see other successful authors doing just start doing it and it will build your confidence more and more and more. So I'm about to be launching another book and I think my Amazon ads ah. need a look. Is there something you said that Jesus I Christ. mistook? I don't know. Oh, oh, so I'll ask the mail back. Uh, oh it's time for the mailbag
0: wow. mailbag nice okay
1: talk about confidence there you go i mean we have just been about confidence here's me <laughs> a guy who can't sing singing one direction for the world to hear i mean <laughs> come on now also david i know you hate my singing um our numbers on our facebook group, kind yeah, of. our numbers on facebook are growing and like i said mm-hmm. when we get to 500 mm-hmm. followers on facebook i will put together a medley video of me singing these so people can nay see me making a complete tit of myself and b can see how grumpy you get sometimes although today you seemed quite happy with that so i think secretly you're a one direction fan
0: no i was just trying to be positive <laughs> that's what <where> it was <laughs> i said I'll, I'll just put this <laughs> smile on my face
1: um, <laughs> well, we do have a question in our mailbag, and this week's one was sent in. Um, sure. It's sent into our Facebook group by somebody called David Wrights, mm. and that is a perfect name for an author, ah. um, unless it was just uh, their, yeah. their their Facebook profile. But their question was, was, how do you come up with character names? Mine sometimes pop into my head. Oh, yeah. But in my work in progress, anyone who reads and reviews my debut has a chance to be a named character. So how do you come up with character names, David? What's your process? Uh,
0: yeah, I did see that question. Um, and I didn't, I didn't answer it in the Facebook group because my answer was so sort of... It would have been wishy washy because what I would have tried to type out was well, I just think of who the character mm-hmm. is, and then a name popped into my head. Fair um, so it was a bit of a bad answer. I will sort of think, oh, well, this name has to begin with V. That will come into my head. Oh, shit, it begins with V, and I want it to be three syllables. The first name and the second name just one syllable, and I'll I'll be like v v, v v V Valerie. Oh, Valerie, Valerie Steele. So it will just sort of jump into my yeah. head rather than um, me having any specific creative process that I could have answered that with. Um, the only thing I would recommend is try not to have characters with similar sounding names or even names beginning with the same yeah. letter, because that can become confusing for um for readers, mm. and also, I think if you want your character to stand out, it could be a peripheral character that becomes more important later in the in the um, in the plot. You, what you, you make sure you give them a standout name that they will remember it when it comes yeah. back to it. But apart from that, I don't really have a great answer for this. Have you better answer than me, Rob? How do you come
1: character um, names? So. Just to put down your point about the name sounding similar or too many of the same letter, I got in trouble with that with um, Emma in my earlier books. So oh, were, you've made that mistake. Oh, yeah, did you right. Good like, and literally in my latest one, um, my Jack Townsend book, I had so there's a place in London called Brent, um, and then I had mm-hmm. someone, a detective who worked in there, whose surname was too similar. It was like Barnett, and she went, "Nope, you need to you need right, to change yeah. that now." Um. Because that—that's that, that's right. Editor, so, so when yeah. it comes to book uh, main characters, I have a couple of rules. I think might need to be genre specific. So, when it comes to um, my action heroes, I think they need to have like chunchy names. So it takes me a while. Like, it took me a while to come with Sam yeah. Pope. Um, I can't remember. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't even have a name, name for him when I was starting. Um, starting out, I just started writing right, it, and I didn't have a name for him. I'd go back in and add that when I was plotting it out. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, that is an action hero name. Um, Whereas, like, Robert Enright Mm -hmm. isn't an action hero name. It's not. Um, But the same as like another one, Lucas Cole, Jacob Nash. Like, these names, they have, like, that kind of... You can almost do them in that movie theatre voice. That's my kind of rule. Like, Lucas Cole, like that type of thing. Um, When it comes to um, a lot of my characters, I also do, like, little nods to my friends. Um, either like by combining their ah. names or using one's using a surname of one and the first name of another that type of thing but most of the time i go to myself right who's this character it's just um you know random person who's in this for this chapter whatever so i'm a big football fan i pick one first name from a footballer i think pick a surname from ah, another right. slam them together so like in the last book um which was like a lot of it set in like serbia and against russian you can actually, if you go back in there now, you'd find that all the Serbian people probably have the first name of a prominent Serbian footballer and the surname of a prominent <laughs> Serbian footballer. And I've just combined them together. A separate so, footballer. again, like Interesting. You know, different strokes for different folks, really. The
0: okay, Robert, it is time for the seven questions now. The guest that we have on for you, I've been in discussion with her for the past two to three months to try and get her on this show because I'm such a big fan. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, we have with us the amazing author, A.D. Starling. A.D., thank you so much for giving us your time this morning.
2: Thank you for having me on. Finally, I got here.
0: (laughs) You finally got here. We've been negotiating this for quite a while. Your people are really demanding, I have to say. (laughs) Uh, yes. All those agents and managers you have working for you, it took a while. But um, A.D. Starling, you are one of the um, more recognizable, I think, branded names in the in the author world. But for those listeners who haven't quite come across you yet, can you describe the books that you have released thus far?
2: So um, I started out with a what I classified as a supernatural thriller series, but my assistant um, had um, a lot of discussions with me about the fact that it's probably more urban fantasy. So branding mm-hmm. my first series was a bit of a struggle, but um, I do brand myself more as an urban fantasy author now. Mm-hmm. So my first series is Supernatural Thriller Stroke Urban Fantasy. Um, it started out as a short story that I wrote for, i trying to remember which competition it was. It was a, a national fantasy um, competition. I think it was for the UK Society of uh, Fantasy Authors, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Oh, ah, okay.
2: Um, and it started out and it made the shortlist. So when it made the shortlist, at that point, I was writing something completely different. I was writing epic fantasy and humorous epic fantasy because I'm a big fan of Terry Pratchett. And mm-hmm. I would pitched that story to agents and publishers both in the UK and the US, got interest, was told I'm a good writer, but was told this story wouldn't sell. Um, and then I wrote something completely different, which was modern, um, action packed. Something I'd never re- I'd never written guns and swords before, so it took a lot of research. And my U.S. fans occasionally still email me and said, "That's not how you use that gun." <laughs> <laughs> oh yes,
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: which is quite which is quite amusing. Um, so it, it was a short story. We made the short list. I it was it ended in a way that I wanted to know what happened next wrote the book, pitched that again, uh, almost got two agents, almost got two, tried contracts, but luckily, they, uh, and I say luckily, they didn't go through. And then I discovered J.A. Conrath um, and indie publishing and went down that road. So the first series um, is six books, six short stories. Um, and there was a deliberate um, strategy behind why I wrote the short stories that are linked with that series. And then I just went down the road of urban fantasy because my readers were telling me that's what they liked. And my best-selling series at the moment is Legion, which is Mm -hmm. the second series set in this 17 universe. And the reason I carried on doing series in this universe is because my readers wanted it. And they just kept saying, we want more series in this universe. Ideally, they wanted seven... 17 books in the 17 series, but I told them no, because I'll get very bored of writing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that will be reflected in the level of my writing yes. and with my books. So, yes, so um, I'm now fully focused on that. And I'm actually going to canvas my bands, um again next year, because they, I, I'm getting signals from them, very strong signals, particularly coming from my marketing with Facebook ads and the comments I'm seeing on my ads that there's a particular style of my writing that they like. And there's a reason Legion is my best-selling series. So I need to analyze that series. I pretty much know what the signals are and decide whether that's going to be my style going forward. Because I can do serious UF and I can do humorous Mm. urban fantasy. And at the moment, my readers are loving the humorous stuff.
0: Oh, I love it that you, you've had such success um so far, but you're you're learning every day and you're even learning. Um, yeah. from your readers um, and yeah. blood and bones is the first book in the legion oh, yeah. series highly yeah. recommended fantastic reviews and i have to say you've described your books as supernatural suspense meets urban fantasy but just to see your book coverage and your branding ad and um, we would get that sense so it's no surprise that when people see your books if they're a no. fan of those genres they are snapping them up but of course that's not the biggest test for you selling books. The biggest test for you is answering the seven questions on the <laughs> yes. Two in the Authors podcast. Um, so Robert is going to introduce yep. you to question one. Yes,
1: yes. Uh, question number one. Ad, is are you a full time author?
2: Now I always say yes. Technically, mm-hmm. I am. So the only reason I'm doing um a few medical shifts a month at the moment is really to keep my hand in yeah. and to keep my medical registration because I am planning to stop. I could technically stop, but um because my writing is earning four or five times what medicine was earning me. So uh, I'm making good money with the writing. But I what, it's it's such a good backup plan to have yes of yes course. medicine will always always be in demand and i mean i know authors who who were who did really well uh, in the early days of of kindle and then i i can't remember the name of the particular author i saw a few years ago and i felt so sorry for her after probably four or five years of being full-time she had to go and get a day job mm-hmm. because suddenly her that books happened, yeah. just wouldn't sell yeah it and it happen. had to do with when everything became uh pay to play yeah mm-hmm. So whenever, you know, um, you, if you want to make big bucks, you have to spend, you have to market and you either market with time by spending hours doing IG reels on TikTok, or you put money in paid mm-hmm. advertising. And so medicine is a backup plan, but I, and I wanted to give myself a few years of six figure income to see whether it was sustainable, to see what the waves and patterns of income were going to be. and. Because Facebook and, um, Amazon advertising, which are my two main advertising platforms are constantly changing. And I don't yeah. think we'll, we'll ever stop every few months. You see something new on your dashboard mm-hmm. yeah. and then Facebook, our reps start harassing you to do new things that you really don't want to do. Um, so that's the reason I do a few shifts, but 2025 is my deadline year. Mm-hmm. So in 2025, I will probably stop medicine completely. So technically, yes, I count myself as a full-time writer.
0: Oh, I love so. it! I love everything about that answer. I love that you have a plan till twenty twenty-five. I love that you just, um, out of absolute morality and and nobleness, you want to keep your um, work with the healthcare system. So I I yeah. I take my hat, I tip my hat to you, uh, Ad. You're doing an amazing job uh, in both walks of life. Um so, question two, then to move on um, of the seven questions is. Have you decided to be wide or exclusive at Amazon for your ebooks?
2: I am exclusive at the moment. So I started out wide in 2012. I was wide probably until about book four in the 17 series, mm-hmm. tried KU very unsuccessfully because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I just chucked the books in KU and then didn't do a lot more. Um, so that was a bad idea. Um, so it didn't, obviously didn't work. Um, and I hated being exclusive mm-hmm. because it just felt wrong. Um, yeah, m- morally, morally, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and so I went wide again. And then when I really started to focus on ads, And really started to put my head down and focus on marketing from probably about year four, year five of my business. I think that what I would call the first few years was getting to really know publishing Mm -hmm. and trends and things like that. And then when I put my head down and started to have the money to focus on marketing, I just looked at what my competition was doing and my competition is in KU. Mm -hmm. And I I don't think I know any of my competitors, direct competitors worldwide. Yeah, And right. any of my also boards that are wide. So to me, it told me that's where my readers were. And to be honest with you, even when I was wide, I occasionally polled my readers. So once my mailing list got in the thousands, I would poll them and I would do a type form survey. And it it was incredible data gathering for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, Typeform was still free. It's not free anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I'll it as something else, but next time I pour them. Um, and I basically got all the data I needed for ads. I got my age range from serving my reader group. I got, and my ideal reader was absolutely not who I thought it was. I was quite surprised. Uh-huh. Ah. Um, but coming back to exclusivity and Amazon, even when I was wide, 80% of my readers yeah. were buying from Amazon. More than that. So it told me that's where my readers were. And then once I went back into KU three, four years ago, knowing what I was doing this time, income just took off.
1: I tell you so what.
2: So it's, it, yeah, it's that, 60% of my, over 60% of my income at the moment. So
1: that, that is so oh. almost mirrored. The experiences I've had, probably on different, say different yeah. levels, with I had with going wide, with like initial like success with it, but then, and this is the thing, people morally you want to be wide because you don't want to just stick all yes. your like, especially in a basket that has Amazon's names plastered on it. But at the end of the day, when yeah. you're running a business, you can't give away. Yeah. I mean, you have you have to do what's right for you from the business point of view. And like I said, 60% yeah. is coming from KU. If you can't make that yeah. 60% across the other platforms, why would you leave? And that is the horrible truth about KU, isn't it? Um, really.
2: Yeah. And it's that mindset shift you need. Mm-hmm. It's going from, yes, I will stick to my morals, but what do I want to do with this career? Mm-hmm. Is this a career? Is this a hobby?
1: Yes.
2: If it's a career, if you want to make money, you need to find out what's going to make you money. Mm-hmm. And yes, you need to kind of, you know, swallow your morality a little bit <laughs> when yeah. it comes to what you want it to
1: do. <laughs> uh, well, but yeah, I agree. I think I think it is, it is a great decision. That's why I really like that question. The majority of people always say exclusive, yeah. but there's always a good discussion about why they did it. Um, yeah. We'll move on to question number three, um, which is name what? the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without
2: now, I, w- I, I, had, I was thinking, is it service or is it software? Because I have an answer for both. So service, <laughs> I've, I've kind of thought of all the services. To be honest with you, I think BookFunnel.
0: Yes, okay, interesting. Yeah, right.
2: because I think it's the one thing that I can't think of any other provider will be able to deliver. Mm-hmm. I can't, I, I, I've i heard of StoryOrigin. I've never used StoryOrigin. I don't know whether they do file delivery. But I think when I think of the core of my business... And how I gain readers mm-hmm. um, and my mailing my mailing list, I it's there, it's a decent size now. I probably should be putting more effort into it, <laughs> but I just let it passively grow. I used to do, when I first started to do Facebook ads, when I was one of Mark Stolson's first class. So I did the course oh, when he finished right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was at the time, like Michelle Maddow did that course, Sh- Shane Silvers did that course, you yeah. know. That's when their career took off with that mind, and it it mine was like a little bit of a slower <laughs> it, took,
0: it took its time
2: yeah <laughs> it took its time to get there um my first Facebook ads were mailing list, and they were super successful i I was gaining hundreds of and hundreds of subscribers while learning how to use facebook ads so um in terms of service, it's the one that um I think i if I lost that, I wouldn't be able to. Yeah. I would struggle. Yeah. I, would, I wouldn't would be able to deliver my, my reader magnet. I wouldn't be able to do what will, I will be fo- I'm will focusing on in the next 12 months is direct sales.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So uh, so direct, so for me, Book funnel is the one that I can't do that service and yeah. i would struggle to find another provider that does that service. Whereas a lot of the others, you can kind of find other alternatives. Mm-hmm. But Book funnel is the one mm-hmm. that like for promotion and, and other other services. But for me, when I thought about that question, BookFunnel is the one that came to mind yeah. straight away. And I think in terms of software in parallel, the one I couldn't do without is Vellum. Yes. Yeah.
0: Degrees. Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's such a, um, a great piece of software, Vellum. It really is. It will be a painstaking job uh, without uh, the genius of that software. Uh, fascinating yeah. that you say BookFunnel, um, and you've already mentioned. That you use Facebook and Amazon ads. So, so question four you touched on, but I'd like to go into a bit more detail on how you utilise these um, platforms. Question four is: How do you market your books? So you've mentioned: Do you have a free magnet that you use Bookfunnel to deliver to signups?
2: Yes. So, um, and it comes back to the answer to the first question I gave you, which is why I wrote short stories. Mm -hmm. So. The short stories I wrote in relation to hunted uh to well, not Hunted to the seventeen series there were two or three reasons, very deliberate reasons why I wrote those stories. One was um there were additional stories that couldn't be included in the books, but that I knew my readers would have fun reading
1: mm-hmm. right.
2: And I wanted to write them because I wanted to explore the backstory of different characters. So that's what the short stories are. They give you a little bit of backstory of the relationship between the characters in the main series. Great. And my fans really like that because there's no way you could have included that in the book. It wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. Um, the second reason for writing, probably the, one of the main reason, I wanted to practice short form writing. Uh-huh. So I wanted, to be, I wanted to be able to write anything. Flash fiction. Short stories, novellas, and novels, and I think that's something as an as an author, I would recommend other people do because it's challenging to write different lengths. Mm-hmm. I started out writing one hundred thousand word books. Um, I now focus on writing around the sixty five thousand mark because I found my competitors were not writing one hundred thousand word mm-hmm. books, and that's why yeah. they were putting more books a year than me. Yeah, especially half their yeah. you know word count, which means I can now you know, publish more books Yeah, But I wanted to be able to do shorter form. And I wanted to be able to do novellas, which I did. And I wanted to be able to do short stories, which challenge, short stories are more challenging than people think they are. You need to try and put more in, yeah. in less words. That was one of the reasons. It was to practice. And then the third reason was read a magnet. So it was right. to, I did a body wrote those short stories because eventually I wanted to compile them into a box set to be able to give. So when I initially started my Reader Magnet, it was with a completely random short story. It was a sci-fi horror called Void, which was basically a recurrent nightmare I kept having. So eventually I just put it on paper and made it a short story and gave it to my fans and they liked it. But I wrote wrote the short stories for the 17 series with that in mind, that eventually once those six short stories were out, I was going to box set them and I was going to offer the first three in a box set as a Reader Magnet.
0: Lovely. I love the plans you have.
1: Yeah,
2: it was very, very dedicated focused plan.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think um, having a plan, coming into this with a plan, which is what you had, is I think paramount. And when we speak to some of our guests and they kind of come in, they say, "This is what I'm planning to do." We've we've had some authors on who are in the you know process of doing their first book, and obviously, AD, you've been doing this over a decade now. And you've had incredible success but you came into it with a plan because success doesn't just happen and i think that's a really really good uh, point you've just made there about how you approached that so i think that's brilliant yeah. um, i'm going to move us on to question number yeah. five which is what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from over a decade ago i
2: think when i thought of that my immediate answer was I wish I knew backlist was the key to making money. Yeah. And that, you know, you need to be patient with that. It's not going to happen overnight. Not everybody can write a novel in a month. Yeah. Um, but if, you know, I when I started out first four years, one novel a year. Yeah. I signed up after that. And I, uh, I, I think the book that really helped me was Rachel Aaron's 2K to 10K. Okay. I read that book. And there was a single, the, the the only message I remember from that, which to me helped me increase my daily word count and helped me to go from one book a year to a maximum of six books a year. Obviously, halving my word count helped as well. Yes. A <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, bit of cheating there. Um, it was, so the most important lesson I took from her book was when you go to write for your writing session that day, if you're going to, I mean, I try to do a chap. I don't stop mid-chapter. I'll try and finish a chapter.
0: Yeah.
2: You um summarize, like, write a couple of sentences about what this is going to be about. So it focuses you. Yeah. Is this going to be about how he breaks into the bank and gets captured by the detectives? Just something brief that you write as mm-hmm. a summary. So all my chapters have a little synopsis. Yeah. And I write the synopsis uh, there, ideally at the end of the previous working day. So I know in the morning when I come to it what I need to write. So this is what this chapter is going to be about. And this is what the next 1,500 words is going to be about. That really helped me. Um, I'm think- thinking I've digressed a little bit now. Um, but yes, backlist is is the is to me the, the thing I wish I knew. But yeah. in a way, it, it worked out well for me because I didn't start to th- really focus on marketing until book four came out, which is actually the, no, ideal, I,
0: time. Yes, the ideal time. Yes, the ideal time, yeah.
2: Um, so uh, backlist is key. You need to be patient. Um. So I, I would say that that is probably the biggest message is I see a lot of new authors that are looking at, authors who are very successful and they think they're going to be able to do that overnight and the answer is no you're not going to be able to do that yeah you have the rare unicorns stories Mm -hmm. the ones that will become a runaway success with tiktok but i always look at those stories and think is that sustainable long term yeah you can't keep doing that with one book
0: you need it's a great point um it's actually the contrast between Rob and I's successes. I I was a rare unicorn. I released my second yeah. book and I just went. Um, yeah. Whereas Rob has taken on that he was patient. Like um, you learned to be AD and realized, read through more and more books. And that's how mm-hmm. I become a big success at this game. Mm-hmm. And, and to Robert's credit, that's what he's has achieved over the past uh, two or three years uh, yeah. to, to great success. And I love your other tip there that you've passed on to our listeners, which is. And I, uh, it's a bit of a concept Rob and I have passed on as well over the course of this podcast is it's great to not arrive for your writing session at a blank page. Even if you All just right. have one bullet note that says, this is what happens today. This is yeah. what I'm going to be writing about today. It's a big hurdle that's being left yeah. Com- compared to just the blank page so lovely tips we're going to ask you for another tip as the seventh question um but i'm going to ask you question six because that comes before seven and that <laughs> is in contrast you've been giving us some positives about this uh in the author career of yours but what's the biggest frustration that you have felt or you've come up against as an independent author
2: i think for me the biggest frustration, I think, probably, especially the last few years of really d- doing advertising, those platforms never stay constant. Do
0: they? <laughs> yeah, I echo that. Oh wow, yeah. it's just a, it's a total contrast to how I was having big success two years ago to yeah. today. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's like um, I mean, I read um, Matt Holmes' recent article with Jade Freeman. I can't remember whether he did that whether that came out after your podcast or before your podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how his income went from 17K to 10K from, I think, December to January. And it all had to do with the, the platforms Change. changing at the yeah. back end. And that, to me, is the most frustrating thing. It's like Facebook and Amazon can't sit on their hands for more than two yeah, or three months. I know without one of the engineers coming up or you know somebody there coming up with a crazy idea oh let's try this and let's try that and mm-hmm. to me that's probably the most frustrating thing is you you can't rest on your laurels with advertising yeah. Yeah. and I, I don't i mean i haven't done book uh, bug for ages i don't know whether they've had as many changes as facebook and amazon but facebook i mean amazon even right now amazon is constantly doing something at the back end i can see it when i look at my book pages every day i just looked for something before this podcast and there's something new on amazon that i don't know whether people have noticed i didn't notice it a few days ago but if you look for an author name um under books um they now give you a percentage of five or five stars that that book has that's right it's only
0: new in the last 48 hours yeah 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 yeah
2: yeah, and it, it just tells you particularly and then the other thing that's just changed is um all the buy buttons for all the formats have shifted to the right side of the screen
0: Oh, so wait, oh, that's I,
2: that. I just noticed. I don't know whether it's just on UK and whether if I do an incognito window, it'll be the same for the US. But it used to be that next to the book cover, you would have the buttons. Yes. Your Kindle, your paper, everything shifted to the right. Oh, I have noticed. And again, I don't know whether that's a permanent change because again, I only noticed that a few days ago. Yeah. So, and that tells me they are constantly doing stuff. Mm, yeah. At the back end, and same for Facebook. Facebook, I think, at, at the moment, it, to me, it feels like Facebook and Amazon have been on a mission probably since the end of last summer, because that's when people started to notice that it was the August September drama that we saw in the in our community, where everybody started to talk yeah. about dropping income yeah. and ads underperforming, and we all know what that was about. Now it was about um, Amazon changing their categories. Yes, and eventually they admitted it. <laughs> But they have been doing it behind the scenes since yeah. then. Yeah, so that's the most frustrating thing. It's sometimes not trying to figure out what's changed and yeah. what's the reason behind it, and how long it's going to take to stabilize.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's yeah. the, a fantastic frustration to have. I mean, it's horrible that you have a frustration, yeah. but as as frustrations <laughs> go, it, it kind of hammers home a really good point of something we always say, which is: there's no point knowing. Like, say if you're at point A and say we're at point yeah. F now in our careers, and you want to get to point F with us, there's no point jumping past B, C, D, and E to get to F because during those parts of the journey, you learn this stuff, you learn about what to look out for, and you learn how to use all these different systems so that when change does happen, you can pivot because if you just jump straight to the, the top, And you don't understand stuff. As soon as something changes, you lose it instantly. And it's hard to turn that around. So I think it's a really good frustration to share with our um, listeners. You've shared an awful lot with our listeners, Ad. It's been absolutely fascinating having you on the show. I've got one more question for you. And it is, what is the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners?
2: I think I would say if you want to make a career out of this, um, focus on backlist and be patient about it just realize that the success stories you're looking at did not happen overnight overnight success is a myth mm-hmm. i think um even for you david before book two you've been working at this for years so it wasn't yes. you know it wasn't as if it was just into you know a couple of years that this happened yeah so i think backlist focusing on backlist focusing on writing good stories and finding your readers i think um to me my idea of who my ideal reader was when I started out was completely wrong. Interesting. But I didn't, but I couldn't find that data until I started, until the books were out and yeah. started to sell, and I started to build my mailing list and I started to interact with it with the readers. And that's when I found out who my ideal reader was, and that pulling my mailing list once it got to a certain size was such a great way of mining data. It was incredible, yeah. and whenever I pull mine, my news, um, my mailing list i think of additional questions all focused towards marketing
0: yeah that will help me with facebook ads or with amazon ads brilliant yeah you you are such a great case in point for somebody always researching always learning because that's really what that's the stance yeah. we have to take because if you as if you mentioned there answering question six ad the platforms that we use to uh, launch our careers they're, they're they're babies facebook is a baby it's only 10 mm. years old um, and yeah. all this social media amazon as well it's a baby and it's going to evolve and change and we have to be studying and learning um all the time adi you've yeah. just spent a half an hour in your company it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure i really really enjoyed listening to you and i think our listeners are going to take so much from the answers you've just given thank you so much
2: thank you thank you for having me
1: thank you <laughs> In the wonderful show, David! A wonderful Seven Questions guest, um, Ad Stalin was fascinating. Such incredible books, incredible branding, and I just yeah. think her answers, again, like all of our guests, are just eye-opening.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Fantastic author, Ad, doing a, doing a really stellar job um, at this game. Uh, fantastic. I hope um some of the tips that she gave out to us there, well, I'm sure they will, uh, will resonate with our listeners. And I particularly hope the main talking point we did today, Rob, mm. will will resonate yeah. with our listeners. It's it 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 I know it's a difficult one to be talking about confidence um when we're 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 standing on the pedestal that we're standing on, having sold hundreds of thousands of books, but really there was a point, of course, where we hadn't sold yep. any books and, and, and we had to we had to generate the brands that we have generated for ourselves. So I hope our listeners really take on board uh, some of the tips we gave out earlier in the show. Oh, I have a call out to do, Robert, if you don't uh-huh. mind. Uh, our seven questions guests, Um, we are getting a little low uh, on the numbers. We still have maybe 10 or, or uh, so that are still on the list that we still have to get to, but we need more than that. So on our Facebook group, Robert has pinned to the top of it, an invite to anybody to uh, put their name down, to be a guest, just like AD has been, um, uh, to answer our seven questions. Please fill that in. We talked about confidence earlier on, um, positive talking, um, really putting yourself out there. Try this. Get on this, the Two In The Orders podcast yeah. as a seven questions guest. We'd love to have you yeah, on.
1: Fantastic. And you can also find that sign-up sheet uh, on Instagram and on our website, www2 uk, Come and step outside your comfort zone and speak to David and me. David, what have you got on for the next week before I let you go? I got the launch next Woo! week. So um, let's see how that goes.
0: Uh, I have everything lined up for it. And then uh, um, as part of this novella, I wrote the first chapter of the next mm-hmm. one. So uh, to put it in the back of the book as a teaser in and um, so i'm sort of that's nice for me mentally because it, it the, the ball has started rolling so i think i might uh, get dug into the next one nice. straight away and, and try and have that out maybe in november or so and i'm also working on this um, tv concept hopefully to, to bring down to london with me in september and um, so a lot of creative going on over the next week for me what about
1: you buddy um, i am going to crack on with my writing get my head in the game do all that stuff i talk about right and then hopefully fingers crossed by the time i record this next week there is a chance a small chance david i might be doing it from my new office which will be fantastic so um yeah i also think great. i also think i'm meeting you for a nice lunch um and to catch up when he of august yes, so people yes. can expect to see some social media posts of you and me together again um, but until then, David, Beautiful. and until next week, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to Ad Starling, and you have been listening to. <laughs>